I'd like to welcome you to this morning's service. And if you'd like to find your place in Romans chapter 10, Romans chapter 10. And while you're finding your place there, I'd like to tell you about our VBS that's coming up. It's uh, June the 21st through the 25th. And it'll be from 1 o'clock in the afternoon to 4 o'clock. And all's, all are welcome and invited to come. It's for ages 4 to 12. And uh, this year we're going to be focusing on uh, all about our extraordinary Savior that did extraordinary things and has an extraordinary gift to give to all children, to all those who will accept him. And, and if you'd like for your child to learn more about the Lord and more about Jesus and and how much he loves them, and if you would like for them to just grow in the Lord, then we encourage you to reach out to the church there, and uh, you can find all this information on our website, and uh, we'd love to have you. That's June 21st through the 25th. And uh, Romans chapter 10, the title of today's message is, Without which no man shall see the Lord. This is a message in the No Man series, and if you look on Sermon Audio through our sermons there archived, that there's been several messages preached on no man, and here's another one. There's over 200, there's 233 verses in the Bible that has the words no man, and here the title is without which no man shall see the Lord. In Romans chapter 10, and you'll find your place there. And As Christians, our lives are to be governed by the will of God. That's how we are to operate. Jesus said it best, not my will, but thy will be done. But for all people, for those who do not know the Lord, what is God's will concerning them? The Bible says it's not God's will that any should perish, but that all come to repentance. In 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 4 it says, Who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. God wants all men to be saved. That, that's his will. And God has entrusted us with the message of reconciliation. That word reconcile, it means to bring into agreement or to bring into harmony. God wants all men to come into agreement with him. In Amos 3.3, 3, it says, Can two walk together except they be agreed? God wants all men to come to the knowledge of truth. So what is the knowledge of truth? The truth is, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The truth is, found in Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death. That's truth. And God wants all men to come to that knowledge of truth that they see their condition and see their need for a Savior and that only Jesus can meet that need. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's the truth. The truth is there's only one way 
to be reconciled unto God. The truth is that all people who put their faith in Jesus can be justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. In order for people to come to the knowledge of the truth, someone must bring that truth to them. In Romans chapter 10, now let's begin reading in verse 14. How then shall they call on him in whom they've not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? And as is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. I sure am glad for the people who delivered the gospel of peace to me. I thank God for those people. How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace. You know, most of us have several pairs of shoes. We have shoes that some would say that that, that's the shoes I wear to go to church. And some would say we have shoes to go out in. And we have shoes to play sports or or whatever your hobby may be, hunting or fishing or, or, or whatever it might be. You'll have that type of shoe that will help you accomplish your goal or get you to where you want to be. Hey, I sure am glad that someone shod their feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace the day they brought Jesus to me. Hey, they, if you would, they put on their gospel shoes. They, they had shoes that are set aside to bring the truth to people so that they might come to the knowledge of truth. I'm glad somebody was in the will of God and doing the will of God when they told me, about Jesus. Ephesians 6.15 says, And your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Do you have gospel shoes? I trust you do. How often do you put them on? You, you see, if I'm going to go play tennis, I'll put on tennis shoes. If I'm going to play football, I'll put football cleats. And, and I'm going to on purpose put those type shoes on to help me accomplish the goal that, that I've set forth. And if we're going to tell someone about Jesus, if that's our goal, then we must put on our gospel shoes and take that message of reconciliation, take that message of hope to those who are without. Turn to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. Here's where we're going to get the title for today's message. Without which no man shall see the Lord. Turn to Hebrews chapter 12. That message of the gospel of peace it is this, that this is what the message of the gospel of peace is. Is that they who were enemies with God. They were enemies against God. They can be reconciled to God through the repentance and faith in his dear precious son, Jesus Christ. 
And let me tell you, that's good tidings of great joy. Hey, that's glad tidings of good things. When a sinner who's under condemnation hears that he can be set free, that he can be forgiven, and that he can have peace with God. And in Hebrews chapter 12, God tells us his will. And he, he reveals his will for us in regards to giving out the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 14. It says, Follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. Lest there be any fornicator or profane person as Esau, who for a morsel of meat sold his birthright. For ye know how that afterward, when he would have inherited the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no place of repentance though he sought it carefully with tears. Here's two things that's mentioned in verse 14 that God wants us to follow. And he tells us why it's so important. Because if we don't follow these two things, the Bible says without which, without these two things, no man shall see the Lord. It's imperative that we both follow after peace with all men and holiness. Unfortunately, too many people have followed after peace with all men. And they've compromised when it comes to holiness. Compromising holiness in order to follow peace with all men will not cause people to see the Lord. This is where Christianity has failed today. Many churches, and I use the quote-unquote churches, they've put so much emphasis on being at peace or following peace with all men, that they've compromised their holiness with God. Have you ever wondered why there's so many churches and so many churches that were, were once fundamental in their beliefs, and, 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 but now they've turned contemporary? Have you ever wondered why? Because those who embrace the ways of the world, they're trying to follow peace with men. But the problem is they're not following after holiness. They're trying to please men and be at peace with men, but they've forgotten about the holiness. And God says without both, no man shall see the Lord. Sadly, they want everyone to feel comfortable in their services. They want every type of belief, whatever you like. They want all that to be welcome in their service. But let me remind you that God is the one that set the standard for peace. It's by grace 
through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. God is the one that set the standard for holiness. God says, be ye holy for I am holy. I think about a pastor one day that he was a pastor of one of these so-called churches there that I just spoke about and and he told me that he, he puts on every year, he puts on a, a heavy metal concert in a park. And he says it draws a big crowd. Oh, we get all kinds of people in that would normally not come to church, but we could get them to come to the park for a heavy metal concert. He says, what I'll do, he said, I'll schedule two or three heavy metal bands to come in, and especially one that people really like there and, and I'll have them come and perform. And then he said halfway through the concert, he said, I'll slip in a Christian heavy metal band. And this is what floored me with what he said next. And he said, people will not even know the difference. Think about that. Between the heavy metal band and the Christian heavy metal band, he said they won't even know the difference. In an attempt to reach a lost and dying man, they have erred from the truth and from the holiness of God. But right here is the problem. No one's going to get born again. No one is passing from death unto life. Hey, if you're lost, if you're not right with God, then you should feel uncomfortable in the service. Hey, you should see that there is a difference in that service. It's just like when you're in a dark room and, and you've been asleep all night and, and then someone comes in or, and they cut the light on. What a difference that makes. And, and for most of us, I'm telling you, it makes us a little uncomfortable there for a few seconds, right? I mean, we'll go, oh, whoa, wait a minute. Yeah, you can tell that there's a difference when light walks into darkness. There ought to be a clear, a clear difference. People ought to know that there's light in the darkness. It ought to make anyone who's lost and who does not know the Lord be uncomfortable when they're presented with the knowledge of truth. Hey, the truth of God's word is a light and it'll have an effect on a person. Luke chapter 11 and verse 33 says, No man, when he hath lighted a candle, putteth it in a secret place. Neither under a bushel, but on a candlestick, that they which come in may see the light. Do you see how this contemporary pastor is wrong? Hey, there ought to be some light in the darkness. There ought to be a clear difference there when the gospel of Jesus Christ is being preached. You can't mix the world and mix Jesus with it. Oh, these so-called churches, you know what they've done? They've brought a nightlight to their services. Hey, what's a nightlight good for? It's only good for seeing better in the darkness. A nightlight is not meant 
for disturbing the darkness. These so-called churches, they want to be at peace with everyone. So they hide the light under a bushel or under the bed. Hey, God's word says in Psalms 119, 105, that thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. You cannot embrace the world and embrace the word. We cannot follow after peace and not follow after holiness with God. Hey, God's will is for us to do both. Let me read you this quote. Peace is to be studied, but not such a peace as would lead us to violate holiness by conforming to the ways of unregenerate and impure men. Hey, let me say that again. Peace is to be studied, but not such a peace as would lead us to violate holiness by conforming to the ways of unregenerate and impure men. We are only so far to yield for peace's sake as never to yield a principle. We are to be so far peaceful as never to be at peace with sin. Peaceful with men, yes, but contending earnestly against evil principles. Courtesy is not inconsistent with faithfulness. Let's make that clear. Courtesy. Being at peace is not inconsistent with faithfulness. It is not needful to be savage in order to be sanctified. Follow holiness, but do not needlessly endanger peace. There's a danger to compromise if all we do is follow peace with all men. There's a great danger because that if that's all we do, if we don't do what God's will for us is, then there's a great danger for the child of God to compromise when we don't follow after holiness. But in our quote there, there's also a great danger if all we do is follow after holiness. Now look, there's nothing wrong with being holy. God wants you to be holy. Be ye holy for I am holy. But God also said that we need to follow peace with all men. And holiness. Both. Because without such, without which, no man can see the Lord. We need to be careful there. There has to be this balance that God wants. Because if all you do is follow after holiness, then right here's the danger. And please understand what I'm saying. We need to be holy. But right here's the danger. And many have fallen into this snare. People tend to become savage. Thinking that that's sanctification. I'm talking about being careful not to become mean-spirited in our approach to men. Because if it weren't for the grace of God, you and I would not be here today. 
someone came to you with the gospel of peace. Their feet were shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. They came to you in your time of despair. They saw you being tossed to and fro on the waves of life's sea. And what did they do? They threw you a lifeline. They saw the ship of your life was heading toward the rocks and they just pointed out the light of that old gospel lighthouse to you and gave you a clear direction so that you wouldn't crash, but you could have life. The end of that quote that I just read said this, follow holiness, but do not needlessly endanger Peace. Verse 14 of Hebrews chapter 12 says, Follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. Hey, if some young person has been brought up in a home where they've been yelled at all their life, they've been fussed at, they've been cursed at, They've been belittled all their life growing up. I promise you that that person will not respond well to yelling. They will not respond well to a savage way of thinking. Hey, if someone starts yelling at that person, if someone does not approach that person with that message of peace, What are they going to do? They're going to clam up. They're going to put up defensive barriers. Oh, but if someone will approach that person with compassion, with love and truth, then that person will pay attention. You know, when a first responder comes on the scene of an accident or a tragedy of some sort, They come with a spirit of compassion. They come with a spirit of wanting to help those who are in this tragedy. They come with a spirit of peace. They don't come up to the scene of an accident and see a person lying there with injuries and they start yelling at them. Hey, that they should have paid attention. Oh, you, should have, you shouldn't have done what you did. You wouldn't be here right now. Hey, if that person's conscious, and I've been at many sides of, of accidents and things like that where the person was conscious, I promise you they already know. They already know that they're in a bad place. Hey, they need comforting words. They need a message of hope. They need the truth, but in love. Hey, if a person is without Christ, then the Bible says that they're condemned already. Hey, our responsibility is to make people aware that they're under condemnation and why they're under the condemnation. And it's also our job to show them how that they can be reconciled to God. Hey, it's not our job to condemn people. They're condemned already because they haven't trusted in Jesus Christ as their Savior. God wants all men, he said, to come to the knowledge of truth. But how will they come to the knowledge of truth unless we as Christians follow after peace 
and holiness. You know, the only Bible that some people are ever going to read is what they see in you. If you go around getting mad with everybody, then you're not going to be able to share the gospel of peace with them. You, you see how we can't do that? You see why following peace with all men and holiness is so important to God? In Romans 12, 18, it says, If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Hey, I'm going to tell you that this one's a tough one. But we have to humble ourselves. We may have to humble ourselves with a neighbor. We may have to humble ourselves with a family member in order to share the gospel of peace with them. Romans 12, 18, I'm telling you, it's a hard pill to swallow for anyone. Hey, to live peaceably with all men? Hey, the verse says, though, if it be possible. There's going to be certain situations where it's going to take every fiber of our being to humble ourselves and not get back at someone who's done us wrong. But we must remember our verse. Follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. Hey, on the cross, Jesus willingly bore every sin that was ever committed against you. Every wrong that's ever been done against you and against me, Jesus bore that sin on the cross. Think about it. And you know what he said? Father, forgive them. Forgive them. The repentant thief that hung on the cross beside Jesus, he recognized the fact that Jesus had done nothing wrong. He even told his buddy, hey, we deserve what we're getting, but not him. He was fully aware, this repentant thief was fully aware of the condemnation that he was under. And Jesus' words of forgiveness led the repentant thief to salvation. Think about it, the other thief was railing on him, the Bible said. Mocking him. How did Jesus respond to that person? He was just quiet. He didn't open his mouth. Because he didn't want to do anything or say anything that would not cause this thief, the repentant thief, to come to him. Jesus is our perfect example to follow. Hey, Jesus' words of forgiveness. Father, forgive them. Even this one over here. Lord, have mercy. Oh, may the Lord help us. But his words of forgiveness led that repentant thief to salvation. In Isaiah 53, 7, it says, He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before her shears is dumb, so he openeth not his mouth. Turn to Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16 when the Apostle Paul and Silas were at Philippi, there at Philippi they were mistreated. They were misrepresented. They were whipped. They were thrown in prison. But they fully understood the principle 
that's found in our verse in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 14. They fully understood the will of God for them to follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. They fully understood that principle and they put it into practice in their own life. Let's pick up in verse 23 of Acts 16. And when they had laid many stripes on them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely. Who, having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. What a testimony. <laughs> oh, had they been complaining? Had they been plotting their revenge against the people in the town, against the magistrates, against the jailer, against those that put their feet there in, 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 in chains and all these things and cast them into the, the, the uttermost part of the, the innermost part of the prison? Oh, had they been cursing and yelling out? Then the other prisoners would have never taken note because that would just be what they've always heard. But they heard something different coming from Paul and Silas. <laughs> they heard something different. Verse 26. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's bands were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, awaking out of his sleep and seeing the prison door open. He drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had been fled. But Paul cried out with a loud voice, saying, Go ahead. That's not what he said, is it? He said, Kill yourself. That's not what he said. He said, Go ahead. You deserve it, man. No. What did Paul say? Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas and brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Here's a prime example of Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 14. Follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. The jailer and his whole family got saved because Paul and Silas chose to follow peace and holiness. Hey, the message today is about understanding the value of our testimony and doing the will of God for our life. Hey, our testimony will have an impact on others. And it's going to open up doors of opportunity for us to be a witness for Christ. Think about what happened here with Paul and Silas. Through their testimony, through them following peace with all men and holiness, God opened the prison doors. Not only did he open the prison doors, but he opened the jailer's door to his house. And he opened up the jailer's door to his heart and to his family's heart. And you know what went in? The gospel. The gospel went in. Look, we're carriers. We've been given the message of reconciliation. We're carriers of the gospel of peace. 
And may the Lord help us to be good ambassadors. If you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, then I urge you to call upon the name of the Lord and be saved today. He loves you. He died on the cross so that you could be set free. He wants to forgive you. Oh, He wants to give you life everlasting. Would you accept Him today? Christian, like it says over in Hebrews 12, don't let any bitter root of bitterness spring up in your life that would keep the gospel of peace from being shared with another person. People need the Lord. Hebrews 12, 14. Follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord.